good day. Welcome. You are listening to Conversations from the Porch with your host, author, researcher, and intrepid truth-teller, Jack Hart. Jack is looking at the forest through the trees somewhere on the Cumberland Plateau. Now, from the porch, here's Jack Hart. Okay, I'm calmed down now. It took a couple of volume. No, not really, but <laughs> I needed something the other day. I was really upset. In retrospect, uh, I had every right to be upset, and I think every commentator in the news is upset. You, you know, this this is more or less... Uh, you know, I came to Tennessee because I, I knew I was liable to be arrested at any moment in New York for, for, for speaking freely. You're not allowed to speak freely in New York. Uh, and I felt safe in Tennessee until they did that to to duly elect the president uh, because Florida is a red state too. Uh, so that means nowhere is safe. For, I, I think the only one who's safe is Glenn Greenwald because he's in Brazil, a smart man. That's probably why he went there. And another take here from uh, Rep- Representative Anthony Sabatini, who had the correct take. Uh, he, he's from Florida, and he, he just said it's time for us in Florida legislators to call an emergency legisl- legislative session and amend our laws regarding federal agencies, sever all ties with the DOJ immediately. Any FBI agent conducting law enforcement functions outside the purview of our state should be arrested upon sight, okay? And that, that's the kind of protection I expect from my state. Uh, I, these guys in, in D.C. are monsters, man. Uh, I, 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 I came here to get away from them. If I can't get away from them properly, uh, you know, and, and they're still within their reach, I'm going to France. That's my next move because uh, I'm not shutting my mouth for anybody, and I'm not going to be easy pickings for them either. Uh I mean, I, a couple of things about the FBI I even forgot to tell you. Oh, but, you know, you know about it. But uh, you know about Boston. Uh, you know about Whitey Bulger. Oh, Whitey Bulger was uh, put through the MK Ultra program when he was in prison. And when he got out, he was working for the FBI. And all those people, they say he murdered. Well, he didn't murder them. They did. Uh, they were running organized crime in, in Boston. They killed 40, 50 people. They killed a couple of women to cover their tracks that these guys were going out with that were their ops. Uh, And once they got their hands on Bulger, what did he last? A month in prison and he was murdered by another inmate? These guys are killers, man. Uh, And they're criminals. We all knew that. Every Italian knew that. Uh, My old boss, Richie Capri, he got called in one time by the the guy who ran the FBI in New York. And he says to him... uh, you know, every, every every club owner in in New York City is paying the mob. How come you're not? We know you're not. And he says, uh, Richie, look at him with a straight face and says, I just tell him I pay you. you know, after that, they had a vendetta on They got him. They got him on a wire. They got him on a wire fixing stocks. Uh, and and he, had to, he spent over a million dollars trying to get out of it. And he still did a year, over a year in federal prison. Uh, you, you, these guys will get you. That, that's why... Well, Bill has some very important points about what they're doing with Trump, and I'll let him tell you. But that's why you can't 
any evidence they're going to produce now that they say they found, I don't believe a word they say, and you shouldn't either. Get Look at their history. Stop listening to these, these worms like Merrith Garland. They, 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 have, they have no ethics at all at the FBI, and it's well-known, well-known among the underworld people. They, the FBI wants you. They're going to get you. They're going to set you up, and they're going to get you. And that's the federal government in total. Just look at the hiring of 80,000 IRS agents. That this is another thing now we need to talk about. <laughs> what do you hire? 80, 80, he doubled, doubled the size of the IRS. You know what that means? I, wanna, I hope there's some young guys, some young, young men listening to me out there, and you young guys in the military too. You want to start your own business. You don't start it on the books. Nobody does, Okay. These guys are going to be going into your bank accounts. They're going to be going into PayPal. They're going to be going into the Vimo. And they're going to be looking and seeing money transactions, which is how everybody does money now these days. And, and you will never get a small business off the ground now. They are going to squeeze every American for every dime they can get out of them. And this is their, that's obviously their plan. Him, is it anti-inflation? No. No, this guy, uh, or his handlers, I shouldn't say him, he doesn't even know where he is. Did you see him the other day? He, he tried to take, shake Chucky, uh, Chucky Schumann's hands twice. Uh, I mean, this guy, he, he's, he's like the old guy they lead out in the home. I, my mother's senile, and that they, he reminds me of her. You know, they point them in the right direction, sit them down at the table. But anyway, his, his handlers, they're, they're intending on, on squeezing every American. You will never have a business. That, that, that's what you're looking at. That's what you're looking at. You will never have the American dream. It's over. It's over unless we do something about this. Well, they want you to go to the bank. And when you go to the bank, you become beholden to the bank. As soon as you sign a note and you're paying your 30% of your wages in taxes because you have to pay your own income tax plus your self-employment tax and all these other taxes, you got 30% going out right off the top. And then on top of that, you've got the interest the bank is charging you. Why do they think people work off the books? They have to to survive. Right. There's going to be no more of that either. You know, the beautician uh, working out of a basement, uh, you waiters, waitresses, they're going to tax you. There's no more off-the-books money. That, that was the intention of this, this anti-inflation bill, and the rest of it is green nonsense. And then when they go to tra- non-transferable money, that which is called Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or whatever the hell it is, they, they'll be able to cut it off at, at a whim. Right. You you did wrong. Their red flag laws will do this. Somebody says you you're a, a threat to yourself or somebody else, and they'll cut your bank account off. Not only will they come for guns, they'll cut your bank. They did account it in Canada. Off. They did it in Canada exactly. to, to, to harmless, exactly. peaceful protesters they just cut their bank accounts off like it was nobody's business then they turn around and tell you they did this in china which wasn't even true it was a run on a bank i think for a day your wife debbie knew all about it right right and and it was a bank that was underfunded and everybody wanted their money because lockdowns were coming and they shut them down and and it was a one-day thing and there were lots and lots and lots of stories about it but it, it just it goes to show that unless you see 
multiple sources from multiple countries and people who are actually on the ground there living, like friends, friends of you and I. Right. Well, that's that's another. I have plenty of friends in Asia. Big, you know, guys that are well placed in Asia. Talakaman is just the tip of the iceberg. True enough, because most everybody else that that we're in contact with in Asia or Europe in general are not published. They don't want to be published. They don't even want anybody to know who they are. I can't tell you who they are. They're smart people. They're smart people that live in these countries and share their experiences. And, and, And going back to Trump and what occurred down there at Mar-a-Lago, um, there are some pieces that are not hitting the media that really are important. Um, and the conclusion is what it really comes down to, is, is what is the common sense conclusion to all of this? And basically what happened is the National Archives, just like with every president, they leave with a bunch of documents. Um, they all do. They all take files with them, personal files and so on. Well, the National Archives wanted to see what Trump had. So they called him up a few weeks ago and said, we want to come and see the documents that you took. There's 15 cases of documents you showed as, as taking from the White House. 15 cases of documents. No problem. Come and look at them. And so they, they had him come in. The, the Trump had the archives come in and look at them. And they identified a case of documents that probably should be kept under lock and key. And they said, well, just put a padlock on this door, with the storeroom where they were held. And he did. And, and the next thing you know, the FBI is raiding his place. Um, this is, a, uh, is an entire operation geared around one little clause in... This, this is the payoff. This is the payoff, folks. Listen carefully. Go ahead, though. There's one clause in the federal statute which says if you have ever mishandled documents, classified documents, and it has been shown that you have done that, you can no longer hold the government office that you had. So what this does if it's shown that he mishandled classified documents and he is administratively censured because this is a decision made by the archives not and through the legislative law, if he mishandled classified documents, he can no longer be a representative, in his case, president of the people of the United States. That's all they're trying to do, is disqualify him from running for president again. That's all they've ever been trying to do. And they're trying to do it under the rule of law. And that's what it comes down to. They do not want Trump because he's a loose cannon who does what most of us think all of our representatives are supposed to do. And he thinks about the American people first. That's the big problem is we as a people are not given choices of people who think of our nation first. This worldwide conglomeration of money makers and and power brokers is threatened, and they're threatened greatly by Trump and his ilk. 
Hopefully the American people will be waking up pretty soon, too. They have to wake up because, uh, I'll tell you, uh, like I said, I, I got an invite to, from actually O'Rage just uh, bought a house in the south of France in the Osceola uh, district and uh, yeah, an apartment there for me and uh, he wants me to come. Uh, I hate to run out on my, my country and my people, but <laughs> if we're going to sit here and not do anything uh, about this, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I meant everything I said about the Banana Republic thing. It's... it's what was why did they have machine guns first of all did you think Trump was going to shoot it out with you uh, why were there 30 of them yeah. yeah. were you expecting uh, Eric to, to jump out with a Tommy gun what, what was what's, what's the deal with that that was just a show of force and they're telling us all you shut your mouth or this is what's going to happen to you if we can do it to him we can do it to anybody and and uh, I'm uh, I'm not a dummy uh I'll stand my ground every time, but uh, if it's a hopeless case, uh, I do know how to reverse, too, and retreat. You know, like Monty Python, maybe it's time to run away, run away. One of the things that we, we've talked about recently that, that fits into this whole underlying problem is the lack of a moral and foundational underpinning. Right, we, t we had a deep conversation about this before. <laughs> and and the, the thing that gets me about all of it is the fact that it occurred to me that in every revolution, you've got the wise old guys, and then you've got the people who are actually fighting it. And, and that's going to be your 20 and 30-somethings that have a, a motivation to fight for it and a belief to fight for it. And in our particular country at this stage of national and societal development, we don't have that. That virtuous underpinning, the, the moral uh, standards that we once had that everybody upheld and everybody knew, it's like the difference between driving a, uh, a car in the lanes or we'll just cross the double yellow line and drive that way and everybody else has to get out of our way and everybody individually thinks that way instead of having a common foundation. And, and I heard something from you during our earlier conversation that, that touched on that. Um, and it kind of surprised me, but you, you mentioned that when uh, everybody, for the most part, in this country was Christian, we had a common base, and, and everybody knew that they had to work. We had the Ten Commandments, we had the Bill of Rights, all of these different things, and, and we followed those rules, and, and those rules have been split into a bazillion pieces my take on it that's also my take uh i know i've said a lot of things about christianity i i, I meant them uh but uh you look at russia and you look at us okay in russia the men are men and, and the women are women and, and they know what they are and they, they, they have the virtues they have the virtues the, uh, like the ancient greeks and, and the I can just tell by the way they, they, the things they say on Twitter and my Russian friends and stuff. Uh, they don't think like us. 
And what held them together? What held them together through all that? The Soviet Union, through the fall of the Soviet Union, through the 90s where they were starving. It was the Russian church that kept them as, 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 as a superpower, too. They, they prevented all the weapons from being uh, exported out of that country. Uh, and they, they maintained Russia as a great power. As a culture. And as a culture. And as a culture. Uh, all right, Christianity is not for me. It's not for my, most of my readers either, uh, okay, because we're into the occult, uh, we're into the esoteric, uh, we're into bloodlines and stuff. Uh, me and Bill are going to do uh, uh, Fitzgerald and Gould, two writers that write sometimes for me, uh, did a great job on a, on a cult book, but I'm not done with it yet. Bill, Bill did it, but we'll do a show on that. Uh, the, the, these are the things that my readers are interested in, okay? Uh, so that's that's fine. But the average kids on the corner and stuff, uh, they, they maybe, maybe going to church ain't such a bad idea for them uh, because this, with uh, disfigured faces, green hair, 100 pounds overweight, uh, you know, this is not working well for us, is it? Well, uh, well they're unable to do a day's work, that's so it's not going to work well for us. What? Well, all right, well, let me get back to this now. You young men, okay? You're never going to have the American dream. When I was, I hate to say, when I was a kid, but 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when I had my business, I had a few trucks, and all, I had, at one time I had six probation officers calling my house, you know. These kids were all wild kids that worked for me. That's who I collected. They were like my gang at night, too. But when we worked, it was like everybody was trying out to everybody else. It was like a gladiator school. Who could pull a bigger tree in the hot sun? Who could dig a hole faster? Who could move a bigger rock? And we don't have that anymore. But my point being is I had a great life, man. Uh, despite all the shit that happened to me, uh, getting tagged with a felony because of uh, Geraldo, well, it wasn't because of Geraldo Rivera, it was because of my affiliation with him. But despite all that, despite having a felony, a felony, uh, I had a great life. I, I'd work two or three days, four days. I, I'd make three, four thousand dollars sometimes, maybe five. And the banks never saw and it. Banks Bank. never saw it. And then I'd lay out on the beach for a week or something. Then we'd work three, four, five days straight. I'm talking about repairing the tools at night to four in the morning and then going back out at six. But I did what I wanted. I had money in my pocket. I, 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 went, I did whatever I want. You'll never have that, man. You will. Especially if you're not producing everything, anything shuffling papers around. That's, that's their intention for you. You will pass papers around. Your children will, uh, will be used as sex toys for them. Uh, they, they, they don't care about your quality of life. And, and this, this, this fact that they just put on double the size of the IRS just proves it. They're going to squeeze you out of existence. and The American dream is dead for you, unless you want to fight for it. Uh, I, I, I suggest you fight. I, I, you want to fight? I'm, I'm there with you. You don't want to fight, I'm going to France, because I'm not waiting for them to come and get me. And we know that, that we have the capability to make that fight. It's just to the young people, are there enough of them that have 
the moral and the, the virtuous underpinning to pull a society together out of the ashes which is going to come of all of this. The separation of people and the, the separation of cultures and races and all of these separations are designed for one purpose, and that's to stop people from having that dream. If you play within the guidelines they've made, the Western culture from Europe is, is on its way out. They, they're on their way to destroying that. You know, you know, as I said, I have a lot. I have friends in every different country, practically, and a lot of Europeans are looking at us like, you know, you Americans could be heroes, but we're zeros right now. Uh, we have the guns. We have the power. We have the. We can take this government back, and with this government taken back, the Europe, European Union will fall right after it, and it will be our world again. And they're letting them do it. The, the, the people who have been so divided, living with cognitive dissonance all their lives, and in some cases multiple generations, they're not seeing that the truth is in their own making. The truth of, of surviving on your own and facing that, that impossibility of surviving on your own is even that test, that warrior's test, are you going to survive, has been being taken away little by little. And now they don't even want to try. They're full of anxiety at the smallest thing. <laughs> They're woke. They're woke. They're, don't, don't offend them. They'll need psychiatric treatment. Well, fuck, they're even offending. <laughs> I'm going to offend everybody. Bill never curses. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, you know, we, we either got to do something now or uh, you know my life's almost over I'm 63 you know so so my best years are behind me anyway uh, I, I, I'd hate to see all you young men grow up and not have the the opportunities for enjoyment for pleasure for, for uh, that that I was afforded Uh you just never, you'll never know what it's like to walk on a beach with a beautiful girl and two, three thousand dollars in your pocket to spend. And uh, these are the things that make life good, man. Uh, working 40 hours a week pushing paper around for Goldman Sachs, I'd rather be dead. I'd rather be dead. Uh, and that's, that's your future. Uh, that's your future. Um, you want to take it from there, Bill? Well, there's, you know, I look at the, the time frame that we have ahead of us, those of us that uh, have been here five, six, seven decades. Most of us are the ones that you hear commenting on. Uh, the alternative media are in that 50, 60, 70 range. Right. Um, what we're trying to do is share the wisdom with the, the younger people, what would I recommend? Read the frickin' Constitution. I mean, read it and understand it. Use some critical thinking. And then look around you and see how we've got hundreds of thousands of pages of laws that do not conform to that document. That we've got millions of people on the federal payroll that are unconstitutionally hired. 
and, and then look at how do you survive? And that's the key factor that, that to me, because I will, I'll go back, back to bloodlines. Um, you know, I can trace my bloodline back over a thousand years and, and those people, they obviously did something or their name wouldn't be in the books that are a thousand years old. And, and therefore, having said that, they did something. That's what it takes is doing something. You can sit there all day long and freaking complain and not do anything and just go along to get along when you know shit ain't right or in your gut, in your spirit, you know something is, is off. Something's not right. But you go along to get along instead of questioning it. Just like the frickin' masks. Everybody put on the masks so they could go in the grocery store. Well, by God, I didn't. I walked in the grocery store one time. No, I can attest to that. Um, <laughs> he started having flashbacks. Too. I was with him. <laughs> it's like I had to get him out of the store. Walmart. <laughs> this shit just... The point being is unless you question everything, you're going to wind up being nothing more than a slave and a cog to their system. They want to take every possibility for somebody's self-determined independence and success away from them and, and give them the success of, well, I don't call him a queer anymore. Well, guess what? The guy's queer. <laughs> Look up the fucking definition of queer. He is queer. As simple as that. He's odd. He's odd, right. It's I a psychiatric condition. The Russians know this. And you know what? They knew like... it in America, too, too recently. I don't, I don't have a problem with a guy me being either. that way. It's <coughs> but do not, change, do not change the underpinning of my entire society because somebody's odd and got teased by a freaking bully. Well, guess what? If you're odd, you're going to get teased. Boys will be boys, you know, uh, unless they're bro girl boys, and then they want to the object of bullying. Oh, heaven forbid you should be bullied. The, the, this country, like every country, every society, every culture, has a set of rules by which people live together, and they pull together for a common good. What's the common good in America today? I don't see one. Um, you know, believe in science, don't believe in science, follow this guy and don't follow this guy. Nobody's making their decisions other than the media and the pullers of the strings behind the media are making the decisions. They're guiding everybody. Bastards talking to you. Did you t take a good look at these people on CNN and, oh my God, what a collection of genetic defects. Uh, how about that thing that speaks for the president? Uh, what is she, a, a, a lesbian, whatever? I don't, I don't even know what she is. I don't think she knows what she is. And she has no answers for anybody either. She's just there. She's um, there because she fits the bill. Right, yeah. She's, they, 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 wanted, they wanted something, and they ordered it in a size and uh, how it should look, and there she is. Not a brain in her head, but there she is. That one blonde guy is always trying to ask her questions. Like, foolishly. She, oh, oh, Peter. Yeah, is that, is that his name? It's like, Peter, when are you going to learn? She has no answers. Just shut. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. She looks at him like, are you still at it? I don't know what you're talking about. You know? Uh, 
but it's not funny. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. I have I have empathy. I have empathy for the young men uh, that that are getting robbed of their manhood. Uh, I have empathy for the young women that are getting robbed of their men. Uh, I, I just don't see any purpose that that we are working towards. Uh, uh, maybe maybe. Uh, Maybe religion, uh, we do need religion. Uh, or we need more civics taught in schools, one or the other. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, they, I don't think, like I said, what really held Russia together, and they taught plenty of civics in school in the Soviet Union, but uh, what really held, held it together was the underground religion. Uh, you know, the fear of God in somebody is, is what, what keeps them in line. Uh, Fear and love, and uh... in most religions, it's that way. And and when you look at some of the ancient religions, and some on the planet still today, we've got a lot of people who revere and hold their ancestors as their guides. Do we talk about ancestors in America anymore? Very few do. We talk about the culture we came from. But do we really sit down with our grandfathers and our grandmothers and ask about their grandparents and what their grandparents did and went through? That is the thread, and it's and it's a societal thread that goes. It's held together the Asian societies. The answer. it certainly has, and it has the Russians as well, and the Scandinavians. You can look at somebody and tell they're Scandinavian. It's real simple. Um, it, and, it, and you can tell by how someone acts quite often what their culture is. We don't have a culture in this country, yeah. It, it, it was first, the culture was the indigenous people's culture, and I love their culture. Um, it, it feels like a family. You were initiated, right, yeah. into the Sioux tribe. Yeah, um, and so... You know, the, the Native American culture is very close to the cultures of the rest of the world where those who went before are the wise ones. The wise ones are the ones who you look up to. And when they leave this physical realm, this reality, that, as we call it, some of them are immortal. And they're immortalized not only in your mind and in the stories that you hear, but they're also immortalized in your own DNA. Because we know what DNA is. It's a computer code. It teaches itself how to build this human body. But that's only a small part of it. That part that is coming from my seventh great-grandfather is still there. <laughs> And that has an effect by the vibration of that on my total vibration and my experience. If people are not being taught these things, that we have memories that go back to the beginning of time. Blood memories, that's, what the, that's what the Germans called it, exactly. blood memory. It, it's inside of it's us. in your DNA. It is a physical, metaphysical manifestation. And until we realize that that is what's common amongst us and that we have 
common ancestors. Every one of us has common ancestors that go back many thousands of years that lived together, fought together, died together. Those differences still have a common thread, which is what holds a society together. And whether that common thread is religion in the sense of the Abrahamic religions, that everybody believed this and was taught this, and that carries on from generation to generation, or the belief that we can talk to our ancestors, which is totally you know, outside of the realm of most people's thinking, and we talk to them through the, that most DNA connection. Most thinking, Asians believe. And all of your, your indigenous peoples in South America and Africa are a lot closer to it than we are. But once you realize that that is the case, then you have that underpinning that we were talking about. Because your parents and your grandparents are carrying on that which held their society together, which gave them life. Otherwise, they wouldn't be alive, and you wouldn't be alive. And, and we were, we're losing that. Everybody's trying to find something new. Well, that new is going to have to incorporate that old, or we're going to have two sides of the coin. And, and they'll never meet. There'll never be an edge. It'll be us and them. When, in fact, when you look at it, you trace it back, we all come from somewhere, whether it be the north or the south or the east or the west, we all come from somewhere. And, and the good and evil aspect of it is a spiritual side, which we really aren't going to get into in this conversation other than the spirit being that foundation. And there is a solid foundation on both sides, and we see the battle, but it's not in this reality. We're just playing it out here. It's hidden. It's hidden in this reality. Your reality. It's not hidden from me, unfortunately. Well, uh, it's it's hidden to most people. Uh, you when ever when you speak s- in general terms, yeah. Ever want to see how things really were? You know, I generally don't get into it unless it's on a close post or behind a paywall. But uh, you know, go watch American Gods. It's the closest the mainstream media has ever came to telling you the truth about how things really are. And if you think it's crazy, then you're going to be stuck in this limbo for a long time. Uh, it's, it's real, man. It's very real. Uh, what you, what, the biggest problem I see, the biggest problem, is the media, okay? Now, some uh, guys that write for us, okay, you know, that they're on the case with the, the anti-Semitism, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. Now, I want to address that. I grew up in Brooklyn, yeah, and uh, some of the finest people I ever met were Jewish. Uh, my father's partner, Milton, was a Jew, and he was over the house every day in business. Uh, and Milton got run over by a car, and it was the only time I ever seen my father cry. You have a lot of vicious Jews out there, too. Uh, and uh, Kaminsky was talking about it on his show last night, or was guest. Uh, you know, the Jews, man, you've got to ring these people in. It's up to you. You're going to get blamed for all, everything they're doing. 
uh, you're out there living by 613 different commandments, we're, uh, do, uh, be, uh, doing everything you're supposed to do, and these people are just screwing it up for you. They're letting their names be used and put in front of every foul deed that's being done, and it starts with the media. I, everything I look at, every corrupt thing, it's coming out of a Jew's mouth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Uh, I, I, the, the, these people are not Irish. They're not Italian. They're Jewish, okay? And, and it's up to the good Jews to rein in the bad Jews at this point, and they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Speak up. Speak up. Because your whole race is, and it's not a religion, it's a race. Your whole race is going to be condemned for the sins of a few. And the mouthpieces for them are the lawyers, whether they're Jew or not, they're lawyers. Uh, I was looking at government agencies yesterday, just to give you a quick aside on this, go down a little rabbit hole. There's over 620 agencies or departments in the federal government. Of those agencies, I started looking at the, the who the heads of this committee was and that committee and, and these different groups that all have a line into the federal government and directly to the president through some cabinet office. These people are all attorneys. I looked at one. It had nine people on the committee. They were advising on some health care issue. And that health care issue is, is something that you would think they'd have a bunch of doctors on the advisory committee. Um, of the, the eight or nine people, there was one doctor. The rest were all attorneys. And then I started seeing the same thing across the board. So the input may come from the media and the Jewish mouthpiece that is the media. And the input from the other side, the mouthpieces of them, is attorneys. And they're all appointed by the administration. They're all appointed by the people that are in power. And so that's 629 agencies with the heads of those agencies being the same people or being delegated by the same people that own the media and own the businesses and the banks. They all are interrelated and the only ones that have a line to the president, whether it's the current sitting president or Trump, those people are all appointed regardless of who the president is or the director of a department is. And I would guess, and I haven't done the correlation, and any of our listeners could do this, Go to those agencies. Uh, if you go to USA.gov, it'll list the agencies in the U.S. government. And look at the director or the people that are on that particular board of directors or committee and compare them to the names of the World Economic Forum. I don't actually have the time to do it. I'd love to do it. I would guess that a huge percentage of these people that are in those offices are World Economic Forum fellows or have been trained at some World Economic Forum symposium or this banking industry symposium hosted by the banking side of the World Economic Forum. 
there's a correlation there, and I would guess that there's a, a large percentage of these appointments made by presidents or directors of departments that are right in line with the current agenda that we have to go against. Well, that goes back to what I'm trying to say. Uh, I don't care if you think I'm an anti-Semite. I'm not. Uh, I don't want to stick up all, all the time for Jewish people, but uh, Jewish people, you got the power, man. Uh, use it. Use it for some good. Uh, you control the media, control the legal branch, control the educational system. Uh, start, start trying to change things for the better, because we're all going to go down here. Uh, hey, hey, with that their phony vaccine, who did, who, who did they inject first? Or every Jew in Israel. Uh, and uh, they got sick, too. So uh, you're not going to be spared. You think they care about you? We're, we're all human beings. Uh, exactly. exactly. Walk-a-day people. And uh, black, white, Jewish, uh, Indian, Oriental, we, we all have to... We have to combine our forces. Unless, you know, this, the future for you is spelled out in transhumanism. Uh, they don't want people anymore. They want robots. Uh, you're gonna get, you, they're going to they're gonna lobotomize you, whether it be through spraying the sky with special concoctions that they've... Uh, there's like 20 or 30 patents on these things they're spraying in the air whether it be through injections of, 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 of neural interface uh, creations of, of uh, Charles Lieber and that other bum over there, Churchill, over in Harvard, or whether it just be through inculcation, these, these, these terrible, terrible things that are coming out of Hollywood, this garbage. All the things that they're trying to make normal and have people accept they've found over time they can and and it's all with the intention of of everyone except for whoever's in power being a slave yeah, well, at one time hollywood hollywood was great i mean hollywood actually knitted us all together as a culture uh john wayne you had the uh you know what? Go watch some old movies. Go watch the Maltese Falcon. You people who worship cops and everything—it's uh, disgusting. Uh, you see what the FBI did to you, right? Uh, look at Humphrey Bogart in the Maltese Falcon. He, he, he slaps around the two guys. Listen here—you're nothing but civil servants with guns getting in my way. And you know that was a man. These were the men who went out and fought wars and made America a great power. This is the way they think. They didn't think. Blue lives matter. Oh, the police, the police. No, the police are not your friends. The only one's your friend is the sheriff. You elected him and his deputies that she hired. The police serve the powers that be. And these guys, they're, they're going to throw you under the bus every time when it comes down to their pension, okay? Uh, they, 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 I, I recognize no law at this point in this country except for the a duly elected sheriff. Uh, but in any case... We were taught, 
originally that that the virtues were taught by actors like John Wayne. You know, John Wayne wouldn't take a role. He hated Clint Eastwood for the, uh, the shooting guys in the back and stuff like He's You know, a hero doesn't do that. And he was very well aware of what the virtues were of a hero, and he would never take a role that, 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 that had him dressing up like a woman. Or, or, or uh, That was what they started with that. They had to dress every Hollywood actor up as a woman. Uh, and, and we just went from there, and, and it got worse and worse and worse. And, and now, you know, uh, we have no more men in this country, do we? Uh, no more men. When my, my generation and Bill's generation dies out, you're going to be all out of men, man. You're going to be all out of men. Well, the uh, world population in, is going down because um, the number of births in Japan, in the U.S., and Western Europe is going way down. Uh, we don't, we're not even birthing enough kids to replace the, the cultures that are there. This, the, 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 we, it, starts, it starts with a total reorganization of the media. Uh, somebody let Ferguson, our little friend Fergus, the cat. We'll be on cats around here. Everybody's got cats. With good reason, there are lots of rats. <laughs> Whether they're tree rats called squirrels or what. I've got like four of them running around by my house. To where yeah, yeah people like John Wayne in, in uh, his movies of the 50s, uh, they taught us how to go toe-to-toe with injustice. Right. What was John? Uh, John Wayne was never on. Uh, he, he was always for the, 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 the independent ranchers, and he was always fighting the guys like you see now, these billionaires. That, this is why I don't like Trump. This is what he represents. Uh, these robber barons. It was, uh, that, was, uh, that, was, that was the main antagonist in John Wayne's movies, okay? You were taught that the little guy, uh, you know, uh, get together and fight and fight. Now, uh, show, show me any, any virtues. Uh, show me something for these, these gratuitous violence, gratuitous sex. Now it's kinky gratuitous sex. Uh, and just a, a, a whole bunch of lisping assholes uh, from uh, all over the news. Uh, what, uh, I just I, I can't abide by any of it myself. Uh, I know the kids that grew up with it, maybe they think it's normal, but it's not. And, uh, and it's Hollywood programming. And you know what happens? What happens is what you're getting in the Ukraine now. Uh, with those guys are real men, the Ukrainians. I could say a lot of things about them, but they're real men. Well, the real men stand up when their home and family yeah, is. When Russia gets through that, they're going to have easy pickings, man. They will roll right through America and right through Europe because that, those are the last men we have in the West. Uh, not that I'm rooting for them. I mean, they're defending the body. Those guys were terribly misled somewhere down the line. Uh, they're supposed to be national socialists. Uh, national socialists don't defend uh, bio labs. But uh, we... we, we, we uh, we we don't have any men anymore. Uh, this is a big problem. By and large, you know, you know, places like where we live, we do see them. I I see them. I I see those that are willing to work and produce off of their own land, um, off of family farms, start new businesses. Uh, but the the 
backside of that is it's the minority. There's a whole bunch of guys that could be working, should be working in the jobs uh, that one feel that, well, that's beneath me to go be a laborer on a construction right. site. Right. Or they make too much money through unemployment, and when that runs out, through their disability programs. Um, you know, and I've seen it time and time well, and time again. too much money pushing paper around in circles. I mean, we're going to go through some points. Uh, we've looked at points from, from National Socialism. I love the, po- the main point of National Socialism. Nobody makes money without producing anything. This Wall Street stock market bullshit, this started in the 80s. This is another Jewish invention, Gordon Gecko. Greed is good. First time anybody said greed is good, you should have dragged them into the street and beat them. Well, greed is good? <laughs> greed is one of the se- seven, it's the deadliest of the seven deadly sins, it and it's destroyed this country. It it's Nobody needs a billion dollars, okay? Nobody needs what Trump got, that mansion, ostentatious mansion. And even these guys in Russia, well, you need a 400-foot freaking yacht? No, you don't. You don't. Putin's entitled to one because the king is entitled to certain things. Uh, nobody else. Nobody else. The king also has to die when the time comes for his people. And I don't know if Putin's ready to do that, but... Uh, He's, he's, he's been exemplary among as what a leader should be. He's entitled to a 400-foot yacht. Nobody else. No businessman. No merchant. No. Uh, what did you do to earn something like that when there's people starving in the world? You pushed paper around in circles? You cut a couple of points on a loan? Yeah, get out of here with that. Take that away from them. They don't need that. They'll be happier without it. Believe me. Believe me. That, learn, learn, learn to produce something. There's nothing like stepping back. Like I used to make waterfalls. And the greatest thing was when you had done it, take two or three days, you'd be moving heavy rocks, connecting them together and stuff, doing the plumbing. And when you're done and the water's running and you step back and the plants are all around it and you look at it, and it's, uh, man, I'd phase out on the thing for hours. And, and, and you, you just made that. You just made it's that. creation. It's creative. It's productivity. There's no feeling better than that. Right. There's no feeling better than that. I, I get the same thing. If I write a great essay, I know when I wrote a great essay. I haven't done one in a long time either. But I, 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 <laughs> I thought I got to prove to myself that I can do it. Maybe I had to write another one. But anyway, it, it's, it's, you know you made something. You made something that... that, that it's going to last, that, that, and that people are going to admire, and it's going to inspire other people. And it gives you a sense of the calm. Yeah, yeah, that's nothing that beats that. No billion dollars. That's And it, it's not about the amount of money you get for it. No, it's not. That you took rocks and water and pipe and soil, and you created something. Out of nothing. Out of, out of nothing. nothing. You have produced something. Um, those of you that want to do some homework, um, for one of our future podcasts, uh, look up the 25 points of Fetter. We're going to do the 25 points. Don't worry. We're not going to do Nazi this. You know, uh, I've been all through that with Black Sun Rising, uh, and most of you are not prepared to accept uh, National Socialism simply because of the stigma that's been hung on it by the media. But we're going to look at Godfrey Fetter's 25 points. Well, actually, Godfrey Fred had a lot more than 25 points, but they, they, they narrowed it down to 25 points. We're going to look at those points uh, because 
Economically, Germany rose from the sewers of Europe. And don't let them tell you it was this, that, the rush, that is money. No, it wasn't. It was that everybody went to work. Everybody started producing. Uh, 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 the main thing is what Feder said is wealth is not backed by gold, by silver, by material. Wealth, wealth is backed. Money is labor, all right? And that's what the Germans operated on. We don't have no gold. We have labor. This one dollar is worth one dollar of, 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 they didn't have dollars, they had marks, but this, this one dollar is worth one dollar of labor, okay? That's raw money. That's how money should operate. Not, not what we got now with a bunch of, uh, again, a bunch of Jews pushing, pushing, pushing money around in circles. And, and everybody's not producing, and guys buying 400-foot yachts off of this. And they're creating money out of thin air by charging you free interest. There's no sense even talking about it now. Uh, they, they, they think this, with this Keynesian economics, they're just going to go on forever. Uh, uh, they're going to press more buttons. and It doesn't work, man. Sooner or later, the bill comes due on everything. We all know that. Uh, and the bills come due, due on it. Uh, you can't just create money out of thin air. Fiat, the fiat money does not work. And every, you know, even Kine, uh, the guy, uh, Keynes, the guy who invented Keynesian e economics, in his old age, he renounced, it. he renounced the system. He said it won't work. He, uh, that, that they don't tell you, do they? Uh, he said that sooner or later, you'll have to pay all that money you created. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, yeah, Sooner or later, that, that the bill comes due. We all know that. Uh, we, we'll go over all that stuff. Because uh, some of those points, man, we can use them, right, we can use them here. Because we're going to have to create something from scratch. These guys in D.C., huh? you know? Jeannie told me I had one wish. Uh, I could, they'd grant for me. I'd say, uh, I'd like to lead a bayonet charge to Washington, D.C. That's my word wish. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what that's I think of D.C., okay? Yeah, well, it's been a solution that I've seen as, as the ultimate solution time and time and time again. Um, and, and it's a long-term solution. And it take a long time to get over that bayonet charge. But the, the point is coming very close where there's going to be significant change, whether people like it or not. And the people can be the drivers of that change and, and decide what they want for American United States culture, or they can fall apart into many, many little pieces and become the poorest of the poor with no production other than people sitting there and clicking keyboards and making digits and get paid survival wages not wages where you're creating something that you can look at and your family will look at hundreds of years from now and say this was done by him your immortality can be found that way that's a great point. I think we should, like, uh, yeah, it's enough for this week. I did my rant yesterday. Bill's been working on it this morning. So we've been here for, like, four or five hours, actually. <laughs> so uh, 
We'll see you again next week. We're going to have a special guest. We're trying to figure out how to get old Rage in on this. Uh, he's got the equipment, and uh, we're going to have a conference Sunday. So the next uh, conversations in the porch will probably include the enigmatic O-Rage. Thanks for joining us for today's Conversations from the Porch. To view and listen to Jack's work, subscribe at jackhart.substack.com. We hope you found today's conversation interesting and informative. Join us next time for Jack Hart's Conversations from the Porch.